You are listening live on this Halloween day to Brooklyn Paper Radio. I'm your host, Vince DiMaselli, Brooklyn Paper Radio, coming to you from downtown Brooklyn. That's America's downtown, we like to call it. Brought to you, of course, by Dr. Joseph Lichter, the dentist out there in Midwood, and Village Caremax. Village Caremax, live the life you want to live. We just get, get right in here and pay the bills, Johnny. You there know? you go. How'd that go? How Nicely you doing? done. I'm good. Happy Halloween. It is. It's Halloween. I see you're dressed like a judge. That's right. Judge Johnny. Why is that? The Honorable. And it's because we're having a how, debate how, today. How honorable? Relatively, I have a hammer instead of a gavel, so mm. you be the judge. Okay, I'll try. I was watching one of those. Was I was watching Hot Bench this morning. You know Hot Bench? Judge show? Yeah, it's like one of those judge shows. And it's just like they have stupid people on, on the bench. Nice. It's really interesting. I don't know how true to life that is. I'm not sure. Sounds but, good, though. Well, it's very interesting. So It's doubly stupid. I guess. Al Michaels knows. So listen, we got a big show today, Johnny. You aware of that? I am. Yeah. So on the show, joining me in studio, always nice to have somebody in studio because you could look at them. That's right. And you could like have a conversation. You know what they're thinking, or at least you can you can gaze into their eyes, see their soul. I have Assemblyman Robert Carroll. <laughs> well, thank you, Vincent. There he is. There he is. He's from Park Slope. And on the show today, we're going to be joined shortly. True. By uh, WABC Radio and Guardian Angel. Curtis Sliwa, who has a thicker accent than I do. I'm pretty and, sure. and me. Well, definitely you. <laughs> Where did you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn. Where in Brooklyn? I grew up in Windsor Terrace. You grew up in Windsor Terrace in the 90s? And I was born in 1986, so some of the 80s and 90s. Yeah, see, you didn't get that accent. You didn't uh, get what I got. I, I did, no, I did not. You did not. You guys, you, you, Are you jealous of that? You or? grew up during a time when everyone in Brooklyn had two last names. I, that's not true. Look, my middle name is my mother's maiden name, but... I see how they did that. <laughs> that's how they put that together. But both my parents are from Brooklyn, too. I used to cover sports for the Brooklyn paper back in the in the 90s. So and you covered my Little League team? We would cover... Well, we would cover, like, Berkeley Carroll and uh, Packer and all the schools. Oh, see, I went to a school that had a much better baseball team than both of those schools. I went to Zavarian High School. Oh, you went to Zavarian? Yeah. So, uh, and I tried to get on... The junior varsity baseball team, which did not happen. What year? What years were you there? I was baseball! there from 04 to. Oh no, I was there. When the heck did I? I graduated in 2004. So you graduated 2000. So you were there from basically 2000, 2000 to 2004. Fall of 2000 to the spring of 2004. All right. They were good. We won the city championship, or they did. The team I wasn't on it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think three out of the four. Did years you try I was out? There? I did, and I was. Not chosen. Mm. It, was, it was crushing as I, a fourteen-year-old. I covered it. Rudy Lugo was Rudy Lugo. Yeah, was who went on to play in the majors. When I was there, he was a junior. When I was covering the team, yeah. And back then, at Zaverian, some of the kids had the accent that I had. Okay, just well, a so, lot of the kids had the accent yeah, when I went there too. But you uh, moving from from you in in Park Slope, or as they used to call it in the old days, South Brooklyn, uh, not Southern Brooklyn, which would be Bay Ridge. Yes. All right. Uh, those kids didn't have the accent, but the kids in the kids in Bensonhurst and Bay Ridge they had the accent. They, they had, still no. You guys did not have the accent. Oh, I've got some friends. Uh, no, it was very very one. rare. With the kids in the prep schools, I'm talking about. Okay, well, I'm talking forget about, about it. Forget the about it. The kids in the prep schools didn't have it. So listen, we're going to have to call Curtis. Is is that true? Constitutional convention time. Who yeah. has an accent? We agree on that. Curtis could not come into the studio. Why? Because the guy's so busy. That's right. Right, so he does a show from twelve to three on WABC. He's got the midday show, and then he does another at five o'clock from five to six. He's got the drive. He's got the midday and the drive. Good time slots. He's you know he's got to do. He's got to try to get the morning show. 
If he could do you all three of those, thing. just be on all day. It's all perfect. Right. Look, Pretty everybody. good. Uh, so Curtis is coming on now. He, when we talk about the uh, Constitutional Convention, there is a vote coming up. I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have Bobby explain it to us because nobody's better to explain this thing than him, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, so he's going to explain it to to our listeners, and then we're going to have kind of a debate to see uh, should we vote for this or should we vote against it? And Bobby is against. I am. I believe Curtis is going to be for. And me and Johnny, we have no idea. That's right. No no concept of what's going no on. No clue. All right. So let's get some dialing music, Johnny. You can call Dare Curtis. we call him? Let's give him a try. Is it, are we on time? Well, yeah, we're, all, we're right on time. All right. So let's do it. All right. Now, we always get nervous when we use this telephone. This is a landline. This phone is actually plugged into a wire. That goes to the That's ground. plugged into another wire that runs to a wire in New Jersey, I think. Maybe downtown Manhattan. I don't know. Yes, hello. Satellite. Hey, is this Curtis Lewa? Yes, it is. Curtis, how are you doing? It's Vince DiMaselli over at Brooklyn Paper Radio, and I want to let you know you're on the air. Oh, well, I've had better days <laughs> if you if you want to be uh, perfectly truthful. <laughs> well, I'm here with uh, Assemblyman Robert Carroll. We like to call him Bobby. Uh, he is a Democratic uh, Assemblyman from Park Slope. And our goal today was to talk about the Constitutional Convention that's coming up. Uh, you just wrote a piece uh, that ran in our Courier Editions, and I believe in the Brooklyn paper, uh, saying that everyone should get out and vote for the, the Constitutional Convention to happen. Uh, Bobby, on the other hand, is against it. I was going to let Bobby quickly tell us all about uh, what's going on here, and then we wanted to get into... Uh, you know, the back and forth of this thing. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. So let Bobby take it away. All right. All right. Thank you, Curtis. So, I mean, the simple thing is on the back of your ballot next Tuesday, there's going to be three questions. Two of them are going to be about ballot proposals, about the Adirondack State Park, and about stripping legislators who were convicted in their offices of their pensions. I mean, there's going to be a third question. That question, it's Prop 1 is going to ask, should we convene a constitutional convention, which by, uh, in the state constitution, we have to ask that question every 20 years. So that, the last time it was asked was in 97. Now we're here in 2017. And so you get to vote yes or no. If you vote yes, we convene a convention uh, in April of 2019. If you say no, nothing happens. So if this convention does happen, though, does that automatically mean that the Constitution is going to be changed? Or how does this actually work out? Um, so no. So what will happen is um, 204 delegates will come together uh, for at least a couple of months, could be a couple of years, and they will propose changes to the Constitution, which will then be voted up or down by the public. It could, it's going to be in the November election. It could be November 2019, 2020, 2021. Uh, and they could either put all the proposals in one omnibus proposal or they could piece each one out. So it could be you vote on 50 different things. Okay, so a yes vote on this is basically the start of a, a process that could take a number of years. But uh, Curtis, yeah. you're saying we should definitely vote for this. And can you tell our listeners why? No, absolutely. We live now in New York State, rated the most corrupt state in America, bar none. We are more corrupt than the Soprano State uh, of New Jersey. I mean, that's a shanda, a disgrazia. Every year, two state legislators get taken out in silver bracelets and charged and indicted. And yet, there have been no changes. The Moreland Commission was a joke. 
They have an ethics panel. It's a joke. If you want term limits, do you really think that Cuomo, Hasty, and anyone else they let into the room are going to allow for term limits? It will never happen in Albany. So if you want to give a colonic to the political system that has become so stagnant and corrupt in Albany, the only way to do that is to vote yes for a constitutional convention. And I notice all the no people, they're out there with their fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. You're going to take my pension. You're going to take my pension. Where the hell does it ever say that anybody is going to take anybody's pension? But you see, the unions and the other special interests, they like the way it is in Albany, where you get wine-dined and pocket-lined by the lobbyists, so they want to keep the status quo. So what they put out is fear, fright, hysteria, and hype over something that the yes people have not even suggested. Well, there you have it. Well, there you have it. You know what? The shocking thing is I agree with Curtis on a bunch of those points. Look, Albany needs to be changed. I think the thing is, you know what? It's not some magic wish that every 20 years you can change it because if you vote yes for a constitutional convention. What we need to do is we need to do good government every day. And the reason why the constitutional convention won't produce good government is because guess what? The folks who control Albany right now are going to control the convention. And so if you want to change Albany, what we have to do is we have to change the legislature. We have to change the people in charge. And the only way we do that is organize political campaigns and movements in all 150 districts of the Assembly and all 63 districts of the State Senate. Well, you talked about the delegates there. Now, how does that process come about? You said it's just going to be a bunch of the same old, same old, a bunch of the people that are, that are already in yeah, Albany. Yeah, I mean, the people things. who control Albany are going to control the election of the 204 delegates. I mean, it's three delegates from each uh, state Senate seat and then 15 at-large de uh, delegates. So it, who has the tools to run those campaigns? It is the insiders. Mm -hmm. If you want to change Albany, the best way to do it is to do the hard work of going out in the streets and organizing politically around assembly and state senate candidates. The problem is every person now who wants to run for office has decided to move back to their old hometown and run for Congress. What we need is some of those people to go run for assembly, go run for state senate. So, Curtis, you mentioned all the corruption and you mentioned term limits and stuff like that. Are there other ways to make this, to make those changes happen? We've talked about, well, you mentioned the corruption. We've tried things, it hasn't worked out. But what about term limits? Is there other ways to make term limits happen in uh, in Albany that, that doesn't require a constitutional convention? Oh, sure. The legislature can do that. But what Democrat or Republican is going to dare even suggest it? Cuomo says no. Hasty says no. The Republican leadership says no to term limits. The IDC, Jeff Klein, says no. So it, it will go nowhere. And nobody wants term limits up there because the lobbyists are happy because they're like pigs in the trough. They get to deal with the same guys, the same gals, year in, year out. And by the way, uh, what is, who, who is suggesting that the same politicos that have corrupted our process are going to be part of the Constitutional Convention? There is an election. I happen to be the New York State Reform Party chairman. We are going to be running candidates to be those three delegates in each of the districts that they get chosen from. And there are other organizations, likewise, that can maneuver and get out and get their delegates elected. With, so this idea that it's going to be a slam dunk for the political 
political prose is specious. That's why you need a constitutional convention to open up the process, because if you don't, if all you have to do is go to the state legislature, you better be a lobbyist representing special interests because they're going to slam the door on you, both the Democrats and Republicans. With all due respect, Curtis, I mean, I do think the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are a little bit stronger than the Reform Party. So I'm not saying you're not going to draft some great candidates who maybe have some good ideas. But let's be real here. Uh, if you want to change government, you've got to do it from the ground up, not a, you know, Hail Mary every 20 years. It's naive. Well, Hail Mary, uh, that's why it's built in there. They give people an opportunity to vote for a constitutional convention because we trust the people not the politicians. If, in fact, the politicians thought they could control a constitutional convention, why are they all opposed to it? I'll tell you why. I'm, oppo I'm not going to talk. I'll tell you why I'm opposed to it. in the state of New York has come out and said vote yes for the constitutional convention. Has it been Cuomo? No. Has it been DiNapoli? DiNapoli, who doesn't even have a board that makes determinations where billions of dollars of pension funds get invested after the debacle of Alan Hevesy. How are you going to force a board on DiNapoli when he gets to take care of his own buddies and his own friends on Wall Street and give out the billions of dollars? It can only be changed in a constitutional convention. What about Schneiderman? The attorney general, who should be investigating corrupt politicians. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, how come he's not for yet? There is no known elected official who has come out and said that they, they are voting yes. Liz Krueger, state senator, Upper East Side, is a yes vote. Um, and I look, what I think is, and I'll tell you why, I'm not going to speak for Liz or for anybody else or the governor. Um, what I'll say is the reason why I'm against it is because I don't see any way that we're able to go and elect. I would love to see the changes, some of the changes that you're talking about. There are so many things. I've got 12 different election law bills introduced to the New York State Assembly. I would love to see our electoral process opened up, make it easier to register to vote. I would love to see us codify a woman's right to choose. I would love to see us strengthen our environmental laws. But guess what? I don't think that's going to happen. What I think is going to happen is the same folks who gunk up the system right now, gunk up the Constitutional Convention, and we spend tens of millions, if not a hundred million dollars, having this convention. This isn't, you know, um, 1776, and a bunch of people are getting together for a weekend, and some guy's going to go in the back room and write up a thousand-word document, and we're going to go, this is what we need to do, and everyone's going to clap and sing Kumbaya. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned how you have 12 bills. None of your bills get to the floor unless Hasty lets them get onto the floor. Just like it used to be with Hyman Roth or Meyer Lansky at Democratic Politics, that Hazari, that crook, Sheldon Silver. So nothing's changed in Albany. I'm not saying no, I'm get not saying any that of your should... legislation onto the floor for a vote or discussion unless your capo di tutti, your <laughs> leader in the assembly, Hasty says it's okay. Look, I would, Isn't that correct? I would love to see structural reform in the assembly in the state senate you're not going to hear me say otherwise but the way to do that i think you and i agree the way to do that though we disagree the only way we do that is we elect 76 members of the new york state assembly who agree with that that's the only way and that's the tough work and that's unsexy and you know people don't want to wrap their mind around it but this is sexy because it's one game you know it's like the super bowl of politics and so it's like, can we get it? And if we can, then we get one other shot. 
and I guess that's just not the reason why I'm in government. Because I'm well, not. If you decide- believe that you can do it from the ground up, and I have no problem with that, why wouldn't you want to take two bites at the apple? Not only during the electoral process and voting for state senators and assembly uh, people whenever they're up for election, so we can get the uh, we can get the incumbents out and get insurgents in who are true reformers, but also in the midst of electing delegates to a state convention. What would be the harm in that, in having two bites at the apple and trying to reform the system by working from the ground up? Because I think it'll split all, split our resources, and we'll be fighting a two-front war, which I don't think we can afford. I think what we need to do is focus on state senate and assembly seats that we think we can put good people in. We need to focus on the IDC. And yeah, I think some people are a little bit worried about focusing on congressional elections next year, which I totally understand as well. But, what- you know, it's interesting you mentioned money. Uh, the no people have said, you know, somebody like the Koch brothers could come in or Soros and dominate the process. You know, some hedge fund monster. I'm looking at the monies that have been raised by the no people and the yes people in this election cycle. It's a 10 to 1 differential. Ten times the money on the no side versus the yes side. Hey, could you show me where the hedge fund monsters, where the Koch brothers or Soros are? Because clearly they're not betting on the yes vote. I wanted. I just wanted to jump in here for a second because um, you mentioned uh, forcing the issue here. Um, it seems like we've talked about change in Albany for years and years and years, but nothing ever ever seems to change. You know, when um, Elliot Spitzer came in, he was going to change things. He was gone before he he had a, he had an opportunity to do anything other than things that we're not going to talk about now. Uh, when uh, Cuomo came in, all right, there's going to be change. We're going to set up a commission. The commission gets, you know, that's going to look into corruption. The commission goes away. Uh, nothing seems to happen. So what's wrong, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking this to, to Bobby, what's wrong with forcing the issue, like uh, Curtis is saying, and, and making sure that, hey, at least we're going to talk about this? Well, I think we're talking about it right now. I'm not saying we shouldn't uh, have a debate about the merits of the issue. I'm saying that what I'm going to focus on is trying to elect better assembly members and state senators around New York City and New York State. That's what I think is a good use of my time. I think having a state constitutional convention that's going to cost tens of millions, if not $100 million, that opens up our entire constitution, that's 60,000 words, and knowing that the people who are going to have the best jump on that and be able to control that are going to be the forces that already we've agreed have been, um, have not have resisted change for decades and decades and decades is not the best way to go about it. You know, you sound like Michael Long, the chairman of the Conservative Party, who's also supporting the no people. (laughs) That's the first time someone said that. (laughs) Do you you complain about all the money your Governor Cuomo has spent uh, with all these advertisements that talk about all the jobs he's created upstate? Ad nauseum, every other ad. You would think when I visit Utica as the New York (laughs) State Reform Party chairman, Syracuse, Buffalo, Rochester, they're falling over one another saying, oh, look at all the jobs we have. They have nothing, not even they is it a chinny chin chin? We waste money in this state as if we had a printing press, and you're worried about wasting money for a constitutional convention? How about looking at your governor, who wastes billions of dollars talking about promoting jobs, and that Buffalo Billions disaster in which nine of his cronies are facing federal charges in January, including his leg breaker, his wartime consigliere, Pococo. Why not, why not talk about all that wasted money? 
Well, I think you may be surprised, but I don't always agree with the governor or how the governor spends money. I'm not going to go and justify everything that he's done. So what happened the last time there was a convention? The last time it happened was in the, the late 60s, I believe, and I, they voted for the convention, and I, nothing no, ever— No, they were forced to have one because they hadn't held one in, since the 30s. So okay. the legislature called the convention to order. It so it wasn't voted actually for. voted no. on. Okay. So that, but it still happened. But was the was the constitution changed at that point? Did any were no? Any it got voted down because there was a from wh- whoever's perspective it is. It's a little bit different. But they put all of the diff- all the things they want to change in the constitution into one omnibus kind of up or down vote in front of the public. And one of the things that people thought ended up being a poison pill was uh, the current speaker of the assembly. I forget his name tried to put in a provision in the state constitution that would directly fund parochial schools. So and so what happened there was there's a bunch of provisions, and I forget all of them, that people did like, um, that we weren't able to uh, get through. But the fear is, right, that that could happen again. And somebody could say, look, we want to you know, go protect uh, our environment upstate by you know, not just having a moratorium on fracking, but permanently banning that in our state but at the same time do something that is completely onerous to another part of the state and asking people to make a choice. And I don't think that's the best way to run government. The best yeah, way to you run see, government is to... You just mentioned to... that the people voted it down. I trust the people. They looked at the package that was put in, in front of them that was not separated as it could have been issue by issue that they could have voted on, but tried to be jammed down their throats. You mentioned the speaker who wanted to fund parochial school education. The voters detected that, and they said, no, we're voting it down. So you see, I trust the people. That's what the Reform Party in New York does. Democrats don't. Oh, Republicans you know, I tra- don't. You know what? They I represent 135,000 people. That has now made us the people. most corrupt in America. I, you know, look... I, you're not going to hear me go uh, and defend politicians till I'm blue in the face. But you know what? I represent 135,000 people. I trust people. They trust me. Uh, you know, they voted me in. I work for them. I actually believe in public service. And guess what? You know what? There are some really terrible elected officials, but there are some really good ones as well. And what I'm saying is I'm trying to represent, to the best of my ability, the interest of the 135,000 people I represent. And what I'm saying is I think the best way to, get, to create good government and a better government is to actually focus on the legislature instead of saying let's focus once every 20 years on the state government which is what's going on right now. It's ridiculous. Every day we should be focused on the legislature. We're focused on what goes on in the Assembly and the State Senate and the governor and all the different machinations. Guess what? We'd have a much better government. But instead, people don't care. And they don't report it. And they don't cover the stories because they don't catch headlines. Nobody cares. And so now this is this once every generational thing. And so people are like, oh, this is interesting. This is different. Let me look at it. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous because it gives them hope. What you have just uh, what you have just described gives them hopelessness and despair that there is no way to change the political process. Now you might be trying to do that in your assemblymanic district, but you know damn well your colleagues are not. The majority of your colleagues want to keep the status quo. And how do you feel, assemblyman, at the fact that pro-life groups and the NRA are supporting you on this? They support no, along with the conservative party. Yeah, you think that's an unlikely set of bedfellows that you're there, you're, you're sitting with? Look, I'm not gonna, I, I, I'm not gonna talk about the NRA or pro-life groups and why they support the no vote, um, or anyone else, but my own. Well, you know reasons. why they do? Because they want to keep the status quo. 
They want their lobbyists to be able to come in and wine, dine, and pocket line you elected Look, officials I, so that they can get what they want. I mean, I guess I'm going to the wrong parties in Albany because I definitely don't feel like I've been uh, wine, dined, or uh, pocket. I, I don't know what that last phrase was. But, pocket uh, line. You know all the lobbyists <laughs> up there in Albany. They have access to every office, and especially the Speaker and the Majority Leader of the Senate and Cuomo's office. It's like open for business, Albany for sale. Uh, have you talked to any of your constituents, uh, Robert, ab- about about this? Have have people come to you and, and said which way they were leaning? Have they oh, asked you questions to, about I've it? I've talked to a bunch. I mean, and look, I think there are people, you know, if you look at the polls, the polls are close. Uh, there are people in my district who I think are legitimately concerned about our labor laws, about our environmental laws, about pensions. Um, and I don't think that we should just... Um, think that their concerns um, are misguided. And that's the reason why, uh, and I think they're concerned about the entire process and how much money this could cost and what's gonna go on. I mean, this could go on for six months or six years. Every single delegate is gonna make $80,000 a year minimum uh, when they get these uh, offices. I mean, this is not some little thing that's gonna happen over you know, two or three weeks in the spring of 2019, and it could drastically affect our entire state. It could repeal and take back hard-fought wins. And the best way to do we have a legislature for a reason. We should go elect better members of the legislature. If you're upset with your representative, you should go and let them know that. You should go and organize around the issues that matter to you. This is democracy. Yes, it's amazing. You want to give a badly needed colonic to the political system, and yet you're doing it within the guise of the Democratic Party, the ones who control Albany, who have led us to become the most corrupt state in America, led by Governor Cuomo, nine of whose sycophants, toadies, and lackeys are up on federal charges because of the Buffalo Billions, who suspended the Moreland Commission, who has done nothing to reform the system. Your party leader, Cuomo, who has literally run our state as if, as if he was the head of an Italian organized crime group, and you think that somehow as a Democrat you're going to change that into I mean, he will never let you do that, and you know that. I mean, Curtis, you know, you make it sound as if uh, Governor Cuomo and I have a close personal relationship. I'd have you know, I think he's spoken maybe four or five words to me in his entire life. So, what what were they? Uh, oh well, that's you know, uh, I think the first time I introduced myself after I got elected, and he said nice. Uh, <laughs> and the next time I met him, I think he said, I I I know we have a a mutual friend, and he let me know that it wasn't really his friend, but his brother's friend. I think those, those are the uh, full uh, amounts that I've ever really spoken to the governor. All right, so... You sure he didn't say anything to you in Italian, like, Curtis, I'm... Keep your mouth shut, kid. Watch your back. All right. I gotta get back... I gotta get back to the... So the delegates are gonna be paid 80K? 80K. That's a full-time job or part-time? I, I have, it's, it's a delegate job. I have no idea if, how they're going to decide if that's full-time, part-time, but it will be 80K. All right, so, Curtis, you're putting up some delegates. How do I get in on that action? <laughs> how do you get in? You would run. Remember, anyone has an opportunity to run. you got to put a slate of delegates together. Go out there. you got to bust your shoes. you got to do good retail politics. You know there will be a very low turnout, a very low turnout for that particular election. So actually, 
that may well favor insurgents because clearly they're passionate. Insurgents are passionate about the Constitutional Convention, whereas the, the people who are part of the status quo, they're curmudgeons, you know, they're contrarians when it comes to that. So that's why I said, yeah, let, it, let, let the people decide. If they vote for the Constitutional Convention, I think a lot of those people will be cognizant enough to know, am I voting in the same old, same old people who are not going to make any change, or am I voting in enlightened, idealistic people who really want to get down to the task of making the changes necessary to eliminate corruption. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the scene in The Godfather where uh, Michael sees the, uh, young, Cub the young Cuban boy uh, blow himself up uh, because he had nothing to lose. So these people would have nothing to lose, Curtis. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, because the way things are now, it's uh, a complete malaise in Albany. Unless you got the hooks into the Republican majority leader, or you like going drinking with him late at night, or Hasty or Cuomo, or even Klein, you get nowhere. You absolutely get nowhere in terms of getting legislation voted on, discussed, open floor, forensic debate. And how many times has legislation assemblymen been jammed down your throats in uh, the 23rd hour in which you don't get to debate it, don't get to read it, and your party bosses tell you, don't worry about it, just vote for it, we'll take care of you later. <laughs> Nobody tells me they're going to take care of me later. Um, I think the big thing is that, um, uh, look, our I'm, you're not going to get a fight for me to say that our legislative process needs change. Where you are going to hear me disagree with you is that there are good people in the Assembly, there are good people in the Senate, and they have pushed through good legislation. It takes real hard work. I think it's naive to go and think, oh, you know what, this is just easy. And it, this should always just, you know, the, the best idea, of course, is always going to win. And it's some you know, person behind the curtain who's pulling the gears and levers and forcing things not to happen. These are complex issues. And to act as if you're never going to you're never going to have serious roadblocks to complex issues that affect 20 million people is ridiculous. Well, and let me so ask you a question. You had a chance to change the system when Shelley Silva got sacked. And what did you do? You chose Carl Hasty from one of the most corrupt Democratic county machines in America, the Bronx, to become the new speaker. How is that making change? Uh, did I see your fellow members stand up and say no to Carl Hasty? Did I see them protesting outside of the Capitol? Did I see them filibustering that? The answer is no. You know, the, assembly, the Assembly this spring you know, passed a series of electoral reforms that the New York State Senate refused to take up. The New York State Assembly passed series of reproductive health rights, um, series of uh, rights for uh, LGBT folks, transgender folks, and guess what? The New York State Senate kept pushing back. So what I would say is that would I like to see the Assembly open up? Of course. But the Assembly has passed tons and tons of reforms, not just this year, but for decades, that uh, the state senate has let, let them die. Let me remind die. you of the recent article that came out of Albany. Uh, your speaker, Carl Hasty, went on a talent mission across the country to find someone who could draw up new ethics for the assembly. In fact, it was a woman from Colorado who was well noted. At great expense, he brought her cross country to Albany, gave her an office with no windows, and then warehoused her then released his own set of recommendations without ever having a conversation with her. She has since left the job and said it was all for show. It was a dog and pony show. And Assemblyman, you know that. 
You know that. Look, I can tell you what I do. You know, I was, before I got into the New York State Assembly, I was an attorney. I no longer practice law. I think the legislature should be a full-time job. I know lots of people who think that. There are lots and lots of people who would like to see our electoral process reformed. We voted on it in the New York State Assembly. We debated it. We passed it. The New York State Senate wouldn't even take it up. So well, I, I think when you're talking, thing, I th- because so, we remember the stench, the debacle of Alan Hevesy, the state controller, of how he steered money towards investors of pension funds on Wall Street and then got kickbacks. Why is it you and your fellow members are not demanding that the Napoli actually have a board that he has to consult instead of being able to decide by himself? The same way Scott Stringer in New York as a city controller must go to a board first. How come nobody in the Assembly or the State Senate is complaining about that, huh, Assemblyman? Look, I don't think that's a bad idea. And I got no problem. Come, I you know, come up with it. You know what? I I didn't I didn't come on the radio to say that I had all the ideas and I was going to fix everything. I came on the radio to say that I think if you want to change government, if you want better government, the best way to do that is to mobilize in your state assembly district, your state senate district, and not by voting for some fanciful state convention. That's why I came on today, and that's why I'm voting no because I want people to spend the hard do the hard work of organizing and working with our legislature to push through good reforms. Because guess what? I have seen when people and activists demand for there to be reforms that the New York State Assembly reacts. And I actually do think the New York State Assembly... Assembly, How about proposing a law up there about term limits? You know, you think the Republicans and Democrats, your colleagues, are going to vote for your bill that will never see the light of day, that will never make it to the floor for a debate because Carl Hastie will warehouse it? Uh, you know, I don't know that. I don't know if it's been brought before, Carl. You should ask Carl. Oh, yes, you know he's opposed to term limits. <laughs> I've never asked him. Well, guess what? How, ma- how often do you see him when you're up there in Albany? How about actually you know what? Actually, I see. Hey, Carl, I see, I, will you stand on I, the I, issue with term limits? Because I, you don't let anybody discuss it on the floor of the assembly. You know, I actually talk to Carl quite a bit, and I see him every day when I'm in Albany. Um, you know what? The next time... I'll ask him. Yeah, in fact, you know, take time out from all the luncheons he's having with those lobbyists up there. Maybe he'll give you a few minutes uh, of his precious time. (laughs) Curtis, listen, I know you got to get going. you got another show to do in a a little bit. Is that correct? Absolutely. Right, and you have the afternoon show uh, that runs from 12 to 3 on WABC Radio, correct? So nice. They have me do it twice here at WABC each day. when are you getting the morning job? That's what I want to know. Are you going to go back to doing that? Why don't you just do the whole day? Well, no, they got Imus. He's, uh, he's the dinosaur there. I think uh, he'll broadcast until the ends of time. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Curtis, I really want to thank you for coming on. Was there anything else you wanted to pitch before you go? Or are yeah, you- yeah, just don't believe the fear, fright, hysteria, and hype of unions who are saying, if you vote yes, they're going to take our pensions. Uh, what nonsense, what lies, what Pinocchios. <laughs> All right. Well, Curtis, I really want to thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, anytime. All right, take care. But give him a quick round of applause. You know? Yeah, that was that was. <laughs> now, Bobby's going to stick around. I'm going to stick around. You got to take a take a break. We're going to do a commercial. Have a drink. All right, it's got a little <laughs> heated there. Now I didn't know what to expect. I never had Curtis on before. It was the first time, but uh, yeah, he he came on pretty strong. Should we play the music? He sounds like a pro. 
He is a pro. I thought he sure. was going to be meek and mild from my other experiences <laughs> watching him on TV and listening to him on the radio. All right. Well, yeah, let's play some music because I got to talk to you guys about something that's just as important as a constitutional convention. And you want to know what that is? What is it? I want to know when was the last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? Me or Bobby? I'm talking to you. Oh, the never. Yeah, you know why? <laughs> because you haven't seen Dr. Joseph Lichter. Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art dentistry is offered at extremely reasonable prices so that almost anyone can afford to get the smile that they and you, Johnny, deserve. That's right. I thought you were going to be a judge and jury. What happened to you? Oh, I'm the judge. Okay. Honorable Judge Johnny. Listen, right now, mention Brooklyn Paper Radio when you go to Dr. Lichter's office, and you're going to get some of the deals of the century. You know about Invisalign? I don't. Invisalign are the braces that go kind of behind your teeth. They're virtually invisible. Sounds cool. A lot of places, they cost $5,000 or more, but you go to Dr. Joseph Lichter, you're going to save $1,000. Porcelain veneers, they can go for 1000 or more. Dr. Lichter... Six seven. Is that made of elephant tusk? The veneers, porcelain. No, that's against the law. Oh, Johnny. okay. Please stop, Johnny. All right. What I tell you about the the advertisers. Yeah, yeah. All right. You're right. Don't say bad things about them. It's not elephant tusk, everybody. Okay. Don't worry. You know, uh, George Washington had wooden teeth. Hey, at least I've heard that. Listen, get the bright smile you've always dreamed of because right now, and just for a limited time, Doctor Lichter is offering Zoom teeth whitening. For only three ninety five, everybody loves Lecter. That's right. Head on out, give him a call. You want to make an appointment? Seven one eight three three nine seven eight seven eight. That's seven one eight three three nine seven eight seven eight. Doctor Lecter's at fourteen twenty Avenue P, as in periodontal. That's between East Fourteenth and East Fifteenth, East Fifteenth Streets in Midwood. Visit him online all the time, twenty four seven. Joseph Lecter, DDS dot com. There you go. And you know what, Vince? It's Halloween. Some people are scared of ghosts. Some people are scared of volcanoes. Some people are afraid of being put in a nursing home. You know, volcanoes are the are the big Halloween scare. It's got me freaked out. Nothing nothing scares me. I know when you go to the amusement park and you go to the haunted volcano, Yeah, everyone's nervous. To be a, what, a volcanic winter. It <laughs> keeps me up at night. But some people are afraid of being put in a nursing home. And I'm telling you what. From Judge Johnny, have no fear, because see what happens when health care gets personal. Village Care Max, they're a Medicaid-managed long-term plan. They help keep I don't you have the money for that, Johnny. Listen, Johnny, I don't have the money for it. You jump on a Medicaid, they're going to manage it for you. They get a team of health care professionals, a whole team, not one, a whole team. They'll work with your doctor. They'll help you obtain the best health care options available. Get more information by visiting Village Care Max. Dot com and give them a call at 1-800-469-6292. Did I say dot com? It's villagecaremax.org. Please. And uh, Village Care Max, you live the life you want to live. Tell them Brooklyn Paper sent you, huh? Brooklyn Paper Radio. Tell them Brooklyn Paper Radio sent That's you and Judge Johnny. You know what keeps me up at night, Johnny? No, what's that? The last four days. Tell me. The last four days, there has been a mosquito in, oh my, my, in God. my bedroom. you got to become the hunter. All right? And this mosquito is the smartest it's like jaws it's like the smart mosquito like he knows exactly what he's doing he's playing with me it's terrifying i'm shooting i'm shooting barrels into him i've got four barrels in him he's not coming up i put the lights on i fall asleep for three seconds five seconds you know when they buzz by your ear you know that 
I do. Right? It happens. Familiar with buzzing. I grew, well, I grew up on Staten Island. You a lot know, of mosquitoes. A lot more mosquitoes out there than there are in Brooklyn. But this guy found his way into my room. And this is, I think this is all part of the whole, what is that? They call it the global, global warming? Global warming, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I set my air conditioner to like 50 in the middle of <laughs> October. Try to freeze him <laughs> out. And, he's like, and then he lands oh right next God. to me. Right next. I could see him on the wall. And it's like, I go to get him, and he's gone. And now let me tell you something. He bit me like like four or five. So first of all, it's a she. Because okay. I've done the research. I've done the research. Wow. All biting mosquitoes are female. Really? They are female. You know those big, ugly mosquitoes you yeah. see with the long wings? Yeah. And, like, they don't and they're bite. almost like a daddy long. Those yeah. are the males. They don't bite. And they only live like a day and a half. The female mosquito... Up to 45 days. So right now, we counted it out. Days oh, left. I got a good 40 days of this mosquito buzzing me at night. Last night, it got so bad, I went to bed with deep woods off <laughs> all over my body. You Did should it? bomb your bedroom. You should get one of those bugs. I, th- I thought about bombing bomb it. it out. I thought about bombing it. <laughs> you need the electric tennis racket. Yeah. I have one. I'll lend it to you. I don't believe in the death penalty, but okay. I, I do believe in the death penalty for mosquitoes. I don't think that there, is, there, is, there is no argument that you could make. I'll, I'll rescue spiders. Nice. If I find a spider in my house, you know, I'll, I'll pick them up. I'll put them outside. That's very kind. We should right? call Curtis back to see what his opinion Maybe on, we- you know, on mosquitoes and spiders. <laughs> Vince is also the most pedestrian-friendly driver driver you're el- you're ever going to meet. Yeah, you know what they call it when when I when they wave the passenger when they wave the pedestrians across the street. What do they call it? That's called the Demaselli wave. Is that- you got to do That's- that. And we've talked about this on the air. Who won the debate, Vince? <sighs> Listen. Well, I don't like that because I feel like I'm in the room. And you're in the room, but. We gotta be tough. Though, I got. Right? Right, we gotta be, be tough, tough, but we gotta be tough but fair. Tough but fair. I think the argument that we're that forcing the issue, you know, and and making people talk about it outside of just the debate that we're having now, and making you know, and and then there's that eighty k. Mm. I could use that money. Me too. <laughs> I could use. So you guys are running money. for delegate. You guys gonna join the reform that's party? Right. I gotta figure out a way to get on the to become a delegate because that's that's where the with the constitution really. Begins and because that's who you want as delegates. People are like, you know what? I'm in it for the money. <laughs> 80k. <laughs> that's bad. a nice. That's a part time job. I could do that. That's what I'll show up. I could write some stories about it. I could edit some stories about it. You're Is very that fair? fair? I'm fair. You're fair. Yeah, you could be a Gonzo delegate. You know, <laughs> you can just uh, be live tweeting uh, from uh, from the floor of uh, the. Convention. I could talk about it on the show every week. Say what we're up to. What we're doing. What we've gotten accomplished, <laughs> all those things. I, I really, I had. What no happens idea. if it goes on for years? You want to go up to Albany for years? Mm. Does an Amtrak go there? It, it does. I, I take Amtrak up every. How much week. is that? Uh, depends. Forty, fifty, sixty. Well, bucks if you do it like two weeks in advance, it's probably cheaper, right? Like that's how that's how Amtrak. <laughs> yeah, works. but like thirty-eight is about. 38. How long does it take to get there? Two and a half hours from Penn. Do you have to pull over for the for the uh, for, for the freight trains? No, that happened that's to me sh- once. Mm. One time, it's a great me, ride. No, me and my wife, we decided we're going to go to Montreal and uh, Quebec. Oh, you took the train up, and we want to take the train up. Yeah, it's right. Fantastic. You, you go by what's that lake in uh, Champlain? Yeah, oh Placid? No, no Champlain. Okay. Champlain. No. Champlain. No. Right. I've done no. it. I've right. So yeah, go by Lake Champlain. It's gorgeous. The problem was, four or five times we had to pull over to let a freight train go by, like four or but five. But that's times. after you got above Albany. Yeah, it was. After yeah, you got so above the, the thing, it's it's. It's really quick to Albany, and then it slows down tremendously once you get about, which is frustrating. Yeah, but that's not the Acela Express. That's only going to Boston. Yeah, that's only going to Boston. Yeah, we're not doing that. All right. Well, listen, 
It's I'll, quicker than driving. If if I could take that train back and forth to Albany, you know, a couple times a week. You should just run for I'd the assembly. It. I do. <laughs> Say you could do the you you could have a job and you could be an assembly member. You could represent your I don't know. My wife, my wife says I should do that. She she considers that like my, the next move. But I don't think as a newspaper Where person do you live? I do it. I live on Staten Island. Oh, you should definitely. Who's your assembly member? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to be a delegate. Yeah, I would Who's love to be a delegate. Who's your state senator? <sighs> I think I just proved that why I won the debate. See, you, Who's going to have the jump? You don't even know who your state senator is. The no, I know who my, my city council woman is Debbie Rose. That I know. Okay. And so then, I know who your state senator is. And then is my then. state senator would be, I'm not sure, so it's, uh, th- there's a... Savino. Savino is, is state senator. And um, and who is my... Bore- Borelli is no, South no, Shore. No, 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 no. It's, um, it's Tatone. Tatone. Matt Tatone. Oh, He's Ma- a good guy. Matt, Matt Tatone's a very good... He's a Republican? A, he's a Democrat. He's a Democrat. Matt right. Tatone's a really good guy. Like, there are really... Like, that's the one thing that I thought was unfair, was... You know what? There are big, big things that need to be changed in Albany. I really do believe that, and I wouldn't be doing this job if I didn't think that, and that's something that I've dedicated my life to about reforming our political process. I was an election lawyer before I got into the legislature, but the idea that every single person in the legislature is just some cretin is wrong. Totally wrong. There are people we need changed. I'm not saying that every person there... Uh, is uh, a statesman or woman. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's some people who are really good. And if you get the right mix of people, that's the problem. You'll actually get what people want. The problem is that takes a lot of work and time. Well, all right, so who needs to be out right now? You're there, you're there every day. Who's, like, doing nothing? <laughs> Name names here. <laughs> I and mean, that's the question I have. <laughs> people need to know. <laughs> And we know it's not you. I, you no, it's not me. I'm, I, clearly. I'm sure, I'm sure there are some people after this who are listening who are probably <laughs> like, yes, I think uh, I'm the one who should be gone. <laughs> Thank you, Curtis Lewa. Well, you know, I think uh, he's done that for me. Um, the thing that, that, you know, the, but the thing that interests me is, is, you know, there is, I'm sure there's some camaraderie up there and you guys are, you know, everyone's getting together and talking. Like, what's a, what's a, what's a day like? I mean, so, I mean, a day in Albany... You know, when we're in session, usually in the morning, I've got meetings uh, with constituents. I have meetings uh, with advocates. And, yes, sometimes those advocates are lobbyists, but sometimes those are people who drove up from Brooklyn to tell you that they really care about voting reforms or the loft law or certain environmental laws. Uh, Then usually uh, in the early afternoon we have conference, which the hundred and – it changes the number, but it's usually – I think it's about 106 Democrats there now in the Assembly – so we have a, a conference with all of us, and mm-hmm. we discuss certain issues of the day. And then we go out to the floor, and there are votes. And, and that can last till I mean, look, that can sometimes last till 1 in the morning. Sometimes it lasts till 6 at night. I think the idea, do I wish there was, the assembly was more empowered, each assembly member was more empowered? Yes, I do. Um, I think also, though, to act as if, a body of 150 um, is not going to have some type of hierarchy of folks who have been there and have more experience and who are experts in certain areas are going to be able to wield more power. That's disingenuous. Yeah. Well, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think that there is there is definitely a feeling uh, in the city that that Albany doesn't that, that doesn't work. I, I, I think that, you know, that, that, oh, that, look, that impression's uh, out there. And I when totally you hear the... 
you know, the catchphrases, uh, Albany with three men in a room and all this other stuff. Like, that's what people think about. So your answer to that is to elect better representatives. Right? Yeah, that's that, our government, right? That's that, a gov government doesn't stop if we have a constitutional convention because we'll go back to the exact same problems even if we fix one or two things in the convention. Let's say, let's say it happens. Mm -hmm. And let's say, you know, they come up with some ideas and they fix a couple of things. Government doesn't just stop. And if we revert back to electing bad members of the Assembly and State Senate, guess what? We're going to be in the same exact problem. Maybe we fix one little problem for today, but we're going to have different problems tomorrow. If you really care about good government, the way you're going to do that is say, let me take an active role in who my Assembly member is, who my State Senator is. And it's not my job to decide who's a good or bad Assembly member or State Senator. The people's job are the people who live in those districts. There's 135,000 people in each assembly district. There's about 320,000 in each state senate district. It's their job. It would be presumptuous of me to go and say, oh, this person's bad, but this person is good. It doesn't matter. It matters the people in those districts. And those people should be actively involved in deciding if we should, if who should be their representatives. Well, and they should let the representatives know what they want. We have the election coming up next week. Do you endorse anyone? Do I so this is a city election, so I mean... Well, in general. Yeah, I mean, look, I've, I look, I've, I've endorsed uh, the mayor, the public advocate, the comptroller. Uh, they are all, uh, I think, the best choices. They're all, I think, doing a good job, and I think I could explain why they're doing a good job for a so, lot of reasons. So, you, so, in fact, you do tell people who to vote for. I mean, you... you know, yeah, you, you I, make, out, I make political endorsements. So the, the, I guess the, the next question would be, would you ever uh, endorse someone that you didn't fully believe in? Would I ever endorse somebody who I did not fully believe like, in? Did somebody, like, you know, you endorse them, they'll endorse you down the road. I, you know, I mean, look, I, could there possibly be a time where you say, is this person, do I think this person is the greatest candidate in the world? You know, I would be disingenuous if I thought every single person who's ever run for office, but you make a calculation and you say, just a second, there's a choice. It's this person or this person. Mm -hmm. Who's the best person for this job? It's that person. I've never endorsed somebody for office who I didn't say, yeah, looking at these two people or these four people, yeah, I think that's the best person for the job. I would say that I consistently do that. Yeah. And uh, Johnny, it sounds Johnny? like you forgave the mayor for the whole uh, George Washington Bridge traffic. I scandal. did. I did. When he shut down the George Washington Bridge, I forgave him for that. Okay. <laughs> the mayor? <laughs> De Blasio, right? Wasn't it De Blasio? Who shut down the George Washington Bridge? <laughs> oh, that was Chris. You Chris know, Christie. every week. It's Chris Christie. Every week. <sighs> you got to get it straight. Jimmy. i got to get that okay, straight. got to get it straight. All right. So. All right. Well, listen, I want to thank you for coming on. We are running out of time. We're going to have to do one more commercial. That's but right. We, but we have to... Uh, thank you for having me. And uh, was there any other thing that you wanted to talk about... <laughs> I think I think I've said enough. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to go check in with all my political bosses, uh, see what they think of what I've said. I'm joking, um, and but no, thank you guys so much for having me on. It was real fun. Have me on again. All right, we will totally. And Johnny, uh, what was your take on the on the convention? The uh, the honorable judge Johnny, who is presiding today, I'm gonna rule this thing. A draw. A draw. It's always a draw with John. <laughs> and, uh, you know, case thank dismissed. You. So right. thank you for your time again. Play the music. All right. Which one did I do last time? You were Let's doing uh, Dr. Jose. I know, but which one? Bobby, are you looking for a quality de uh, a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable price? I am. You are, right? Yeah, are you of not? Course. Of course. Everyone is. Well, I'll let you know that the dentist and skilled hygienist at Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art office 
Use the most up-to-date technology and techniques to provide you the best experience possible. Now, I think what he's talking about here is making sure you go to the dentist and you come out of there and your mouth has never felt better, right? I think that's what we're going. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Lichter can do it. He also offers Invisalign. That's the alternative to metal braces that uses virtually invisible plastic aligners that shift teeth into place over a period of time. Isn't it time you visit a high-quality, state-of-the-art dentist who keeps dentistry affordable so everyone can benefit? Everyone's got to benefit from this. Everyone. Call Dr. Joseph Lichter's office today if you want to get down there. You want to have Dr. Joseph Lichter look inside your mouth. Uh, you can give him a call right now. He's at 718-339-7878. You can go in for a checkup. Look for, you can look for cavities. The whole bit, right? Yeah, he'll tell you to floss. Sure. I don't believe in that, by They the give way. you a new toothbrush or what? At the end of the day? Uh, you're asking the tough questions, Johnny. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I'm I don't sure they have do. the answer to it. Dr. Lichter's office is located at 1420 Avenue P between East 14th and East 15th Streets in Midwood. You can visit his website at josephlichterdds.com. Joseph Lichter, dentist. To the stars. Bobby Carroll, some of your constituents, I imagine, are worried that they're going to get put into a nursing home by their unforgiving kids. Bobby's not worried about this at all. But, you know, his constituents might be. All of my constituents are wonderful and would never Mm -hmm. do such a thing. (laughs) Well, that's a good point. So, but maybe people they know would. And so for those people, I want them to know, listen, have no fear. You don't have to get put into a nursing home. What you have to do is you got to get in touch with Village Care Max. They're a Medicaid-managed, long-term plan. They'll help you stay in your home and in your community doing what you like to do. They give you a team of doctors. They'll help you set up health care appointments. They'll organize your medications for you. The whole bit, everything you need, Village Care Max is the place to go and get it. You want more information? Check them out, villagecaremax.org. Org. Org. Give them a call. Org. 1-800-469-6292. Live the life you want to live and tell them the Brooklyn Paper Radio sent you. Or something. Or something. I don't know. know. Kill the music. I don't know. I don't know. It was fun, though. Listen, I think we had a, 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 I'm going to say a a good show, great show. Yeah, somewhere. Fine show. You got a thesaurus? Uh, fantastic show. Fantastic show. Wonderful. Stupendous. Stupendous hey, show. All right. Superfluous? Is that a word? It is, but I don't think it means doesn't what, work. It doesn't yeah, work there. No. Doesn't really work no. with that. All right. Well, Order been, in the court. It's been an okay show. It's been a good show. I had fun. Well, you always have fun. That's I true. Did, my favorite part is when Johnny falls asleep. Sometime midway through, Did you go to sleep? if you look closely, his eyes just start to fade and, you know, every once in a while, he nod his head and it hits the microphone. That's and right. You get, you get a little... That's like right. That. So I want the listeners to listen for that. So let's uh, play me out, Johnny, because we're done with today's show. All right. We will see you next week. Happy Halloween. I want to thank my guests from WABC Radio, Curtis Lewa, the great Assemblyman Robert Carroll. Uh, and no matter how you vote on this Constitutional Convention or for anything else, just get out there and vote and do it. And we'll see you next week.